This is the DX Podcast, proudly presented by Wondrous. Welcome to episode 7 of the second season of the DX Podcast. This is a rather special episode. We welcome Marina Willer. Marina was the first female partner at the global independent design firm Pentagram. She has led the design for Amnesty International, Tate, the Serpentine Galleries, amongst many others. Recently, her team was responsible for the rebranding of Rolls-Royce. She also produced a film called Red Trees, which was released worldwide by Netflix in 2018. Hello, Marina, and welcome to the DX Podcast. Hi, lovely to see you guys and talk to you today. You spent your childhood in Brazil and moved to London to study design. I'd love to hear some more background on your childhood and what led you to want to study design in the first place. I'm very lucky because my parents were always uh, interested in um, arts and culture. My dad's an architect, my mum does ceramics, and we always uh, um, have been very um, fortunate to do a lot of things at home which are aware about arts and crafts and making things and uh, uh, we always traveled uh, to look at, you know, um, there was a lot of interest in architecture and history and design. Uh, so from there, I think I always had a passion for things which are related to design. I wasn't quite sure which way to go, but I ended up coming to London when I was in my teenagehood and fell in love with uh, seeing what was going on at the Royal College of Art, the, the exhibitions, and I made a mental note that I wanted to come back to do a master's and, and got quite determined to to work, to, you know, to find the money and also to get the, um, you know, to get the work uh, necessary to be accepted. So, yeah, that's how it happened. And I think it... Moving to London was a really special time for me then because before that I was working uh, in advertising and the work was quite commercial, to be honest. It didn't feel like it was, um, there wasn't much of my soul in it. And I always felt um, that I wasn't being fulfilled and I wanted to rethink my, you know, work life. And, and the, the being accepted at Rock College was very exciting and it really kind of, I, I came with very open-minded and wanting to start again. So, yeah, I was very lucky. And I think the college did change me a lot because it's, it's such an exciting place. And I had Margaret Crawford as my personal tutor, which uh, I think she's also so incredible and inspiring and brilliant. Um, so I've been very fortunate. Uh, and I think a lot of the things that I learned there or I started to explore uh, and, and discover it at the college. They they influenced the work that I did after tremendously. And um, so identities uh, projects like the branding for Tate Gallery, um, they very much followed a, a completely different way of working, which I started to do at Royal College. And, and, um, and I think, um, yeah, 
it, it really defined uh, a lot of the work that I started to do from then onwards. And do you think the, because that's a huge cultural shift that you must have experienced at such an early age as well, an age where we're all kind of developing our senses in a, in a new way. Do you think the, like going from, from Brazil to London at such an early age had, had a big impact on you um, culturally and also from, from that kind of design perspective as well? Yes, I think it was a really liberating period and, and um, it's so lovely to feel uh, like you opening up the framework completely to rethink how you want to work and what uh, things are important for you to express yourself as well. What are the things that you want, how do you want to develop yourself as a designer and what kind of language is there? You want to be expressing so it was a really important time but also a period at rock college i think was very special with incredible tutors and um and and so on and and also it was a period where i think we still had a lot of access to making things physically and uh, photography and film and using roster camera um, and things that were, uh, in a way, a little bit pre-digital. So you had that the end of a phase and the beginning of the digital phase as well. So in a way, for example, I started to make films there and literally to photograph, to film, to use the Rostrum camera uh, and think in a way that almost was frame by frame. And that image-making process did influence very much how... I explore things later, and I think if you if you are born later and go straight into the digital uh, processes that many people, generations after that, uh, did and missed the opportunity to see the beauty of the dark room and the making of things, and I think uh, it must it, it must be a shame. Um, if you don't have that opportunity, so I felt very lucky to have seen the two things and to be able to mix those languages in my work. Absolutely. I can uh, I see that happening um, for a lot of uh, kids nowadays. We have uh, a couple of apprentices um, at, at Wondrous and uh, they have a completely different approach to, to design as you, Laura, would be able to confirm also. It's, and I, yes. I especially wonder um, also... Um, you know how you've noticed a shift in how brands approach um, their own branding uh, in the last I don't know ten or twenty years. There's been so many changes across um, the industry where you've seen um, you know going from very kind of print and TV kind of uh, branding to something that becomes a much more um, I guess they call it holistic approach where you go through all of the, the different channels from, and, and they definitely think of Instagram as well when they think of their brands, like how do we brand ourselves? What has made most uh, impact from your um, perspective? Yeah, I think, I think there's uh, at the heart of it, the, the, the change in technology is really important. And we all know this and it's obvious, but it's not just in the way that we make things, the way that we make things move and that brand moves and uh, brands move and so on, but it's also in the way uh, the platforms, the channels is moving from broadcast to, to something that is much more um, 
based on uh, sort of participation uh, online and, and, and being your own um, protagonist in a way. So mm-hmm. I think it, it's also the way in which brands uh, uh, not, they come to life, but they also are hacked and they're, cha- they're changed and they have to, to incorporate change in a way that before, I guess, design was much more about control and precision and authorship. I think now it's much more about creating open systems that can incorporate change. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not only a a transformation in the way that we make uh, brands. Oh, sorry. I just got (laughs) two guests. Sorry, I'm on a call. I'll be right back, okay? This is one of those home office moments. This is, uh, yeah, this is Ellie. we all have. Oh, it's Ellie. so sweet. Ellie and Frida, this is Marie. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Now go. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, that's very cute. Yes. Yeah, so hey. I think we were talking about the, you know, the way that we now have to create systems that are uh, able to incorporate change and not... Um, you know, have that idea of a designer as a controller of uh, content and form and everything. I think we are much more uh, affected uh, by what surrounds us. And and as you said, creating also systems that are much more holistic than just graphic or print, but they involve uh, all senses. But do you think it's also much easier to, to bring brands to life as well now that we have the possibility of, of all of these different types of medium? And a lot of people forget, I think, that brand isn't just a logo. It's it's what it's it's every it's something that touches all of your senses. So it's sound, it's touch, it's it's what you see, it's like all those different things. Do you think now that having all of these different possibilities to uh, represent your brand is is better for the brands, or it's it's diluting in some sense maybe that the essence of of what they um, or what might have used to have been their perception. I think the the changes it's difficult to say what's better and what's worse. It depends on how you use the tools, I guess. But there is obviously in the the positive side is that we can. Um, you know, I think we can uh, access things much easier uh, and quicker. Um, and brands, yes, they can be launched. You know, people can be their own. Uh, they can create their own platforms. They can create their own websites. They can use social media as a voice. So we know the implications of that. They can be amazing and they can be terrible. It depends on, you know, who is um, controlling things and how things are being done. Uh, but I think there's always the two sides to it, which we have seen how, you know, it's much bigger than branding, but the problems of, you know, what is a fact and what is the truth and what is fabricated and uh, and how people can deny reality in such a crazy way. Uh, that's a, a whole entire discussion, isn't it? But um in principle, uh, I think this, it, it does offer incredible opportunities to create things uh, like never before. Um, I do appreciate having been uh, through the transitions that we have in our lifetime and, and having seen what it was, 
like before we were even doing things on a computer. You know, we were doing copy, uh, pasting things. And, um, and there's a beauty, which uh, I think with the fatigue of uh, the screen and the, the overuse of computers now and, and all of that, uh, many people are going back to the basics. And I myself love making things. And when I'm not working, I am definitely making things by hand and painting and scribbling and doodling and doing things that are uh, really to compensate for all the time that we're taken by technology. And, uh, and unfortunately, is the way it is. We can't uh, escape it. Do you use the those doodling and, and painting techniques to take your mind off things or to um, stimulate your your mind or or your soul? It's a bit of both, actually. I think uh, it's a bit of uh, escape and reconnect because I I think when you're drawing, you're very present. So it's 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 like any other tasks that you make, uh, that you have to be paying attention to, and it's a way to focus. Uh, there are many things. You can play chess if you want to do that, or you can do creative work, but I do love it because it does both for me. I think it stimulates, it helps me come up with ideas for things, sometimes with graphic ideas, um, and it is um, it is a bit like meditation. You, you put your mind in a practical task, and, you know, it's uh, much more relaxing than using tech all the time. So when I'm not working, I try to do things which are quite different from being, you know, surrounded by technology. I really like going back to basics and, and, and also finding different ways of doing things. I think if we as designers only create things uh, with you know, high tech, everything kind of feels the same. So it's important that we are able to use all kinds of techniques and and um, methods to create work. Mm. So like for me as a designer as well, I was wondering, so do you like also use these techniques to find your inspiration when you're working? Like, because I usually, or like I often struggle to like when I start a new project, where to find inspiration or where where to even start, and would be interesting to to know how you deal with these situations. Yeah, I think it's not something that you prescribe, but if you the more you experiment in your life, uh, a lot of these, you know, the methods can then become uh, a way of solving design problems as well. So things that I started experimenting with light and photography and projections at the Royal College, I then used similar thinking and, and installations and uh, making uh, those projections in space to create the brand for Tate Gallery. Uh, and very recently doing the Moholinagi brand, we also uh, created things using light and projections and very much in a way that is not digital, is pre-digital. And I think there's something very unique about that because you can't reproduce it. It's, it's a one-off um, and it still has a texture and uh, an interesting quality to it. So it, this is just one example, but the same with, you know, sometimes I'm doing paintings with my children or whatever and 
I then later find myself thinking of those same creative methods to apply to to design solutions for creative systems that we are doing for clients, if it's relevant. So I think the more you have a diversity of ideas and inspirations and ways of doing things, the more um, resources you have to use to create stuff. Mm. And like when you said before that you feel like your surroundings are like, like they are, how should I say, <laughs> your surroundings How how do you say um in inform maybe inform? Like influence, they, inform. Yeah, when they influence. Like when your you say the surroundings influence your design. And right now you're like at home office a lot. And I find myself struggling with this, like you don't have a lot of change in your surroundings and it's hard to to find ideas when your surrounding doesn't change. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I, I noticed that during lockdown, we started to rearrange the house and we a year later now, everything is quite different because the house became much more of a workshop. Everywhere we go in the house, there's, you know, there's areas where we're making things and uh Uh, even if, you know, one aspect of it can be cooking, but there's much, the house is much more of a creative space than it was before because we're spending so much time and then you make things and then you, you know, surrounded by those, whether there's paintings or, or scribbles or drawings uh, or things that I collect and paint. And I think that they bring an energy to the work, definitely. I remember when I was at college that you have your little desk and you can decorate and do your stuff there and it becomes very much a, a, a picture of your identity, of yourself, isn't it? The things that you love and the textures and forms and colors and whatever. Um, and if you just kind of uh, expand that to the, to the entire house, that's what you get in times like now. But is that the, the, the kind of the absolute creative freedom um, that you miss um, otherwise? Because um, we know we know what it's like. You get a, a brief from your clients and, and that kind of it puts you in the situation straight away that you need to kind of start thinking, okay, it has to be creative, but kind of within reason. Um, is that something that you, you miss sometimes during your day job or is it something that you think you can also influence um, whilst creating briefs with your clients? I think I don't... Uh, the lovely thing about the things that uh, any kind of uh, making of things that I do outside of work is that there's no objective or pressure on that. It's just to be just for pure pleasure, and that means um, it does end up influencing your work, and you feel uh that you're there's many more ways to express yourself than just the computer but um it's not done with an objective to in mind it's just <laughs> it's just purely for for joy so i also don't mind if if i'm doing uh drawings or paintings whether they're going to look great or not it's not there's no pressure whilst with my designer work i need to, to be precise and to respond to a set of requirements and I needed to 
really deliver what the client needs. And, and you know, like, like you just said, it's, it's very creative, but it's also very technical. It's also very, uh, you know, uh, intellectual in the way of pushing uh, the thinking and, and, and so on. And there's a lot of layers of management and organization that go into that. So it's, um, it's, it's harder, isn't it? And so I, I, I'm enjoying the uh, other ways of expression. Also, I think, to be honest, that was the best thing about uh, the time I spent at Royal College was to find new ways to do the same thing uh, and not just, you know, I never sit in front of a computer and think, what shall I do for this identity? It never is like that. It really is about finding a, um, a method of understanding what you need to do, uh, what is the, what is it that the brief needs to respond and then you go away and you do it in whatever form uh, is, you know, might be photography, might be illustration, might be uh, film, might be words, but it's it's whatever is relevant to that, uh, to that task. Well, plus you're also working with a huge team, uh, a great team that uh, I uh, was uh, very <laughs> honored to get to work with as well during my time when I was uh, back at Art Basel. We worked on the Art Basel Cities project, which I thought uh, turned out pretty well. Um, but you you work on a lot of um, very um, you know, high or very well-known brands as well. Um, for example, recently you did a rebrand for Rolls-Royce. Um, and and other brands that people have a I guess an emotional connection to as well. Um, do you feel that kind of responsibility in design and and towards specific projects that people have an emotional connection to? Do you feel um, you know, people have opinions also as well? Of course, don't they? Um, and you know, design. There's, there's no like, there's no hard right and there's no hard wrong. There's just, you know, ways ways to perceive it. Is that something that you learn to cope with, or how how do you go about with that? I think we, I think after years, the good thing about not being in the beginning of a career anymore is that you you've done these things several times for different clients and different uh, challenges. And opportunities, and I think try to never get overwhelmed by the enormity of some of those projects and the responsibility, but go step by step and really investigate the problem deeply and and try to learn from everyone in the team, uh, not just my team, but the client's team. Try to really understand what the project has to respond to uh, and work in collaboration as well. I think that's a very important with the client and with the team. And, and you go through a process that that, that designs itself almost. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it it doesn't require moment of genius or anything. You need to figure out what is the problem and how that must be addressed. And then the mechanisms to keep thinking of that uh, take you to design solutions because the design is strategic then it's not just something that is beautiful it has to answer say rose rice they wanted uh, to move from a, a brand that was quite a very male dominated very uh, 
much about mechanics and cars uh, towards a lifestyle brand and, and that was less uh, masculine. So you know what you're trying to do. You're trying to modernize a brand that has been around, has an incredible heritage. You mustn't ruin the heritage, but you need to bring the idea of lifestyle and presence rather than mechanics. So the more you investigate those things, the more you start to see ways of of making the brand evolve uh, and also looking at how other brands create systems, what are the logics that you need to, you know, it's almost like you have to create a matrix with all the different parts of the brand and what kind of system you're creating. So there's lots of things that we go, you know, step by step at the same time as trying to create something hugely inspiring. You need to make sure you are responding to those requirements and making the brand modern and less, you know, less perhaps traditional, less uh, uh, male-dominated and, and lots of these things. And they they slowly take a life of its own. And when you realize you are creating a vision, a design vision, which uh, has to respond to a set of requirements. And so you were like the first female partner at Pentagram. And I was wondering... Um... Like, how did your role change? You were like a creative director before, and how did that change at Pentagram? So, um, it I, it was really liberating changing. It's a bit like going back to college when I, as I mentioned before, coming back coming to Pentagram was a big change in my life. Um, having your own team, and um, even though I had the much bigger team at Wolf Hollins where I was before. I, you know, it's a much bigger company. Uh, when you come here, it's it's a bit like starting your own business, and you have to learn to to uh, to find your own work. Uh, you have to get your own uh, voice and your own way of doing things. And of course, the community of partners and people that are already. Uh, have such a reputation and you have to come in with your own uh, way of doing things. Uh, but I found that very liberating and I started to work with clients that were of all sizes and all um, different angles. A lot of it, uh, charities and arts and culture, which I really love. So it's been wonderful. And, and I, uh, yeah, I'm very lucky and privileged it's very hard work, especially in the last year. I think for all of you, it's the same. Mm-hmm. We're all working in, uh, to our limits in, you know, with the screen fatigue and all of that, as we mentioned. Uh, but at the same time, it's an area of the industry that still is very busy and we have a lot of work and, you know, our, our work is still needed. I think mm-hmm. that's the lucky thing, isn't it? So it, it was a great transition, and I think I, I think it is um, hard because most of the industry is still uh, led by men more uh, more than women. But at the same time, I think we are appreciated for the things that we bring, for the diversity, for also not being British. You know, I think there is something about the way of doing things that is influenced by a a background that is 
very multicultural. My background is, you know, I'm Brazilian, but my, my dad was, or is Czech. My mom is half French, half Brazilian, half German, if you could have three halves. <laughs> uh, so I think you, you end up being a bit of a, a, a real mix of cultures. And, and with that, my team is very multicultural, very colorful. Not that everything we design is color, but quite a lot of it does. I think there is no, uh, we're not shy of using color. And um, all of that brings a different angle. And I think for many people that is interesting. Uh, for others, it's probably challenging as well. Bringing difference is always, or bringing change always shakes things up. Mm, but also makes like the work more diverse. But um, in the position that you have and with your team, like, do you even get to design anything anymore or do you just like connect the dots in your team? I think it depends on what you mean by design. I think I'm really hands-on on the creative and the origination of a design vision and also, you know, how do we execute it? How do we actually sometimes draw it or paint or, like I said, use whatever methods. But I do understand the importance of a team and, and them bringing their craft to the table and their ideas to the table. And, and also beyond the team, we might work with, you know, someone who does film or photography or cinema 4D or whatever it is that we, of a, a type designer. And um, so whatever it is that the project needs, uh, we're always working. Uh, and all of it is about orchestrating and, and thinking about solution, but having the best, that we can in terms of people helping us to to make it look and feel in a certain way. And um, like, I'm still in the early years of my career, I'd say. And there are like a lot of, like or many female designers who look up to you, like me as well. Um, is there like a nugget of wisdom you could give us on our way, like to, to our career in design? Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. I, I, I think I think one of the things is never lose that crazy curiosity that that drives, uh, you know, good design. I think you need, like I said, to keep making things, looking at things, and getting inspiration from everywhere. Um, so, if you, like you said, if you feel uh, restricted by the walls around you, go out and you know even. Uh, whatever it is that you you know cycle run do whatever you need to do and and i think for for women it's important not to be shy and, and try to get your voice across and 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 earn your space and and not feel that um you know you i think everyone can be as amazing uh as you know the job allows you to be and 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 we all need there's a lot of opportunities so don't be shy is uh is important i think as well not not to to stop and be yeah, intimidated by situations mm. a lot of big design changes for uh, organizations take conversations with people who are driving those organizations and and sometimes you find yourself talking to i don't know the mayor of a town or or the ceo of a big organization and and when you think about it you feel a bit intimidated at times. And I know there's a lot of those things are about ma managing to 
get your message across and be clear and and believe in the ideas that you're uh, putting uh, to place rather than uh, worry about you know the the uh, any situation that might make you um, be shy I think there's the, you know I've seen a lot of friends who are so talented but sometimes don't have the confidence to stand up and, and, and propose uh, big systematic changes and uh, I think I think if you can find your own way of being very much true to yourself and and still have confidence I think that's uh, that's what makes a difference I don't think we have to worry about Laura she's on a, a, the best track <laughs> <laughs> well thank you <laughs> Um, but one thing that we've been uh, discussing a lot lately within our team um, is is mental health, especially now that we've all been locked inside our own four walls for the last, I don't know, 12, 16 months, I guess. Gosh, it's been a long time. Um, but the, the line between our kind of our private lives and our business life uh, are getting more and more blurry. Uh, with having video calls uh, from within our homes, um, the clients can can see where we come from and 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 like what what is what is in our daily life. Um, is that something that you discuss a lot with your staff? And and how do you feel is the best way to handle something like that? Um, I think uh, with my team, we're we're very. Friendly and as much as possible, I think we, when you know there isn't too much formality, and we try to stay connected. But you can see that we all have moments that we are struggling with this new way of uh, of being and working, and and uh, and losing the community around us is quite difficult. So I don't know the answer to that, but I think the a lot of the things that I encourage people to do, uh, like myself, doing those activities that allow you to explore different ways of expressing, uh, which are not just limited to the tasks and the job. Uh, but I think we designers are all creative beings, and we, or, or everyone is, in fact, and being able to find new opportunities to, to express yourself uh, can really help to stay well and then so the other things like don't just sit at the computer all day get out go for a run go for a cycle right cycle uh for a walk for, you know exercise uh i think just try not to be too formal about the way that we work like from nine to five or six you know like if you need a break just get out uh and i think it can be a real opportunity to reinvent the way that we do things, um, if we're just not stuck in this uh, square box in front of us, and and you know, not uh, I find it quite interesting that there is an expression, isn't there, that we all suffer from fear of missing out, uh, and they even have a shortcut for it. But I think that knowing that you you're not missing out anything because you couldn't be doing much more than uh, being at home. It's reassuring in a way, and you can reinvent the surroundings and make things exciting where you are uh, with your own resources, as little as they are. And that's quite a nice briefing to 
to keep yourself, you know, whatever people like doing, whether it's tapestry or, or painting or, or uh, you know, music or cooking, there's so many opportunities to discover new things that you might fall in love with uh, that are right in front of you. And that before, you know, I think home used to be just the place for a lot of us that you kind of end up in the end of the day, <laughs> even though you love it and you have your family, the amount of time spent at home was very little. And now it's the opposite, isn't it? So you, you can really appreciate all the potential that is in the most simple surrounding around you. Um, I know it's not that easy, especially in London. A lot of people have to live in tiny places because it's so expensive. Uh, but, you know, I hope that, you know, people can get out and find uh, this, you know, there's a lot to see in beautiful landscapes and parks and, and nature here that really helps to keep the mind good. Glad to hear. Um, so are there, um, is there, just as a last kind of question, is there a perfect project for you? Like um, what, what would that be? If, if there was a perfect client with the perfect brief, um, what would that look like? And, and what kind of uh, industry would that be in if, if, it, if there would be a specific industry? I do love the arts and culture projects and, and quite a few of them have been so lucky, like I mentioned, Holly Nagy or Tate, or we did the Opera Ballet of Flanders not long ago, Art Basel, as you mentioned. Those are always so interesting. We just won the Natural History Museum pitch, which is very exciting, and yeah. it's a huge museum. Uh-huh. But also I love because it's something that connects all generations and it's uh, science is so important in our times and figuring out a way out of this planetary uh, chaos and, and emergency that we live in. Uh, I think places like the science, uh, the, the Natural History Museum uh, are incredibly important to, you know, to help us figure out the way with the the knowledge they have, with the resources they have. Uh, but there's something about that that task, which is amazing because it's looking at the history and the past, but it's also helping us try to figure out the, the future and the near future because you can't really wait to change the way you do things. The planet is not going to be there if we're just... So I think there is an importance to that that we feel... Yeah, we felt very moved and lucky uh, and tearful when we were on that project because of the, you know, because what it means, I think, uh, for all of us. Oh, thank you so much um, for some insights on your career and, and what inspires you and what keeps you motivated. Um, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, Marina. <laughs> thank you, guys. It's lovely to talk. As always, thank you all for listening to this episode. And thank you, of course, to Marina for taking the time to share some of her experiences with us. We are continually trying to improve and would really appreciate any thoughts and feedback you might have. Any creative solutions like the one that Ben suggested in the last episode? Let us know. Head over to our Instagram page and leave a comment on this episode's post. You could also send us an email to 
hello at wearewondrous.com. The winner will receive a special edition Wondrous hoodie and a bottle. We have reached the end of this digital experience podcast. Thanks for listening. For further information about us, please head over to wearewondrous.com.